La Nina is declared. But what does that mean for the UK weather outlook? The La Nina tends in the late autumn and early winter to make it more likely that we will see something called blocking. The latest from the Met Office Hadley Centre. Climate change is already happening. We're going to be committed to having climate change for the rest of our lives. Rain warnings have been issued this weekend in the UK. For some of the wetter hills of Snowdonia, Exmoor and the Grampians, there's the risk of more than 120 millimetres of rainfall. It's Friday, the 2nd of October, and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir, and this is Weathersnap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. A La Nina event refers to the extra cooling of the ocean in the eastern tropical South Pacific and is the opposite of an El Nino event. Although there isn't any official benchmark in recognising a La Nina, National Met Services do have their own criteria. This week, Australia's Bureau of Meteorology declared a La Nina event. For more details on why, here's Nick Silkstone. So, Nick, tell me what the criteria are for declaring a La Nina. It varies between centres. At the Met Office, we tend to follow the Australian Bureau of Meteorology's definitions. In that, one of the key things is that uh, sea surface temperatures in the tropical Pacific Ocean must be sustained across a certain region at 0.8 degrees uh, below the long-term average. And that has been the case in the recent weeks. In addition, there's something that's a little bit odd called the uh, Southern Oscillation Index. But this is basically a measure of how the atmosphere links to the sea surface temperatures beneath it. That basically has to be a value of plus seven or greater over a three-month average. What that means is that the trade winds in the equatorial Pacific are stronger than average. And that means that the atmosphere is linking up to the ocean, allowing that La Nina event to begin. So it's the opposite of an El Nino, La Nina. Locally, what does that mean for the eastern seaboard of South America? They will have stronger than usual upwelling of cold waters across the western coast of South America. So countries such as Ecuador, Peru, Colombia, for example. In terms of weather, it means that they tend to be a little bit drier than normal, cooler than normal in that region. But some pretty uh, big positives for the economy is it means much more productive fisheries in the region. This La Nina does have impacts elsewhere in the world. It's a massive phenomenon, isn't it? Could you just explain to me what impacts it would have, say, for Europe and the UK? Yeah, the tropics are a big driver of weather all over the world. And this La Nina, El Nino oscillation is basically the, the biggest thing which changes the state from one to the other. That has impacts everywhere. They do become somewhat more tenuous the greater distance you do travel from them. So that is also the case for uh, northwestern Europe. However, the, the La Nina tends in the late autumn and early winter to make it more likely that we will see something called blocking or ridging in the central Atlantic. For the UK and Northwest Europe, that means that late autumn, early winter, more northwesterly type flows are likely, um, which will bring us you know, some periods, some more likely periods of cooler weather and probably a slightly increased incidence of, sort of bits of snow or wintry showers during the early part of the winter. So just finally, Australia last year, where we were reporting extensive bushfires through their spring and into their summer and an extended drought. Does a La Nina elevate or ease those conditions as they go into their spring and summer? 
It will generally promote very enhanced rainfall across many parts, particularly central and eastern Australia, which will reduce the risk of a severe bushfire season during this summer. So definitely a positive as far as that goes for that part of the world. That was Nick Silkstone, Deputy Chief Forecaster here at the Met Office. The Hadley Centre at the Met Office is a centre of excellence for climate science. There is a wealth of research produced here on a regular basis. The Hadley Centre works with other academic institutions to deliver the latest understanding on our changing climate. To stay across everything going on in the world of climate science, we've asked Graham Madge, Senior Climate Communication Officer, to send us regular updates on what's happening. I chatted with him earlier. So Graham Madge, you are a senior press officer here at the Met Office, but you have a particular job in climate. That's right, Claire. So one of the roles that I have is to oversee the Met Office's media work around climate. So with all the science that we have coming out of the Met Office, I work as part of a team and it's our responsibility to ensure that we get the important studies and observations and findings out so that decision makers, governments around the world can make use of that. Now you come from a conservation background. I believe your previous job to the Met Office was RSPB. That's correct. And it feels very much like my two worlds are beginning to merge. So for nearly 20 years, I was involved in conservation media work, doing a very similar role, but looking at species like albatrosses and vultures in India and birds in the UK. But as we've got further into the climate crisis, it's becoming evident that biodiversity loss or wildlife loss is happening as a result of climate change and climate change is impacting on the survival of species to the point where this week Kew Gardens have launched a report looking at plants around the world and they say that two out of five plants are threatened with either extinction or becoming more scarce and of course climate change will have a big impact on that as well. And the Hadley Centre at the Met Office, there's a host of climate scientists studying and reporting on crucial research, which hopefully adds more value to decision makers, policy makers and those who are in the field working in conservation. That's right, Claire. We're at such an important time at the moment. 2020 marks the 30th anniversary of the Hadley Centre and of course we're 30 years away from that target of net zero where we won't be putting any new emissions into the atmosphere. So we're halfway along that journey if you like and Met Office Science from the Hadley Centre has been absolutely pivotal to some of the findings and uh, policies coming through the IPCC reports but of course we're also looking at how we can work with the public as well so it's not just about our role with government but we're looking at how our research and findings and observations can help inform everybody. Well Graham we've invited you on as a regular guest here at Weathersnap and you'll be telling us what's happening in the world of climate science particularly papers which are hot off the press from the Hadley Centre and beyond. This is such an important time, Claire, and I'm so excited to be able to bring these updates. 
next year, at the end of next year, the UK will be hosting the climate conference, the UK COP. And that will be such an important moment where the UK will take the lead in trying to bring nations around the world together to help us tackle climate change. It's such a threat. We've been trying to tackle it for many, many decades. But now we're seeing the impacts of climate change become ever more present. And I think one of the biggest realizations for me is the fact that climate change is already happening. We've seen about a degree of warming across the planet since pre-industrial times. And that tells us that it's too late to stop. So we're going to be committed to having climate change for the rest of our lives. But now as a society, it's about how we adapt. Obviously, we need to cut carbon emissions to stop it becoming worse. But we do need to look at adaptation. And of course, that is another huge part of Met Office science. Graham Madge, Senior Press Officer here at the Met Office. Thank you very much. Storm Alex is the beginning of a very unsettled weekend here in the UK. With the details, here's Ada McGibbon. Whilst Storm Alex brought wind and rain to southern parts of England and Wales during Friday, during the weekend the unsettled weather will be much more widespread. Areas of rainfall pushing up from the continent and spreading their way westwards across the country from Saturday and into Sunday. Now, as we start off Saturday, most of the UK will turn wet with heavy and persistent rainfall setting in. Northern Ireland won't see the rainfall until later in the evening. And for East Anglia and the southeast, the wettest of the weather will be in the morning, with things drying up and brightening up later. But elsewhere, we can expect a thoroughly soggy Saturday. The wettest places are expected to be eastern Scotland, as well as western parts of England and Wales. Widely, 50 millimetres of rainfall will build up during Saturday and the first part of Sunday. 70 to 90 millimetres of rainfall building up over some of the higher parts. And for some of the wetter hills of Snowdonia, Exmoor and the Grampians, there's the risk of more than 120 millimetres of rainfall. So in these areas, eastern Scotland, western parts of England as well as Wales, there is an amber warning in force. Risk of travel disruption, risk of power disruption and a risk of localised flooding. We'll start off wet on Sunday in many places, but the rainfall eases a little into the afternoon. It turns more showery in places. However, low pressure still well and truly in charge across much of the UK during Sunday and the start of next week, so we can expect further rain or showers. Before I go, here are your weekly weather extremes from Monday the 21st to Sunday the 28th of September. The highest max occurred on Monday in Yeovilton in Somerset and Tuesday at Santon Downham in Suffolk, peaking at 26 Celsius. The lowest temperature last week was on Thursday at Altnahara and on Sunday in Braemar, both in the Highlands and both recording a low of minus 5 Celsius. Exeter in Devon had the sunniest day with 11.2 hours of sunshine on Sunday the 27th of September, and the highest daily rainfall was on Friday at Houghton Hall in Norfolk with 66.6 millimetres. That's it for WeatherSnap. I'm Claire Nazir and producer is Adrian Holloway. WeatherSnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.